0: G'day everyone and welcome to episode 93 of the Beyond 90 podcast. My name is Cheryl Downs. My pronouns are she, her, and I'm really delighted to have you listening to us either tonight or if you're listening on delayed via subscription to our podcast as well. Alongside with me today, we've got number one, a very special guest in Eva Colville has joined us from Scotland in Glasgow. I'm assuming that's roughly where you are. So yeah. thank you very much for joining us. So thank you for having me. Welcome. Um, And I've also got the regular crew minus Eric, who's been banned for one week. He received a red card in the last game. Not really. That's not what happened. But we've got Stefan, Madge and Dale while Eric is out there doing some NPLW football commentary. So good on you, Eric. Get out there and have a um, hopefully it's a great game and hopefully you're warm and you've got some good food in front of you, which is also one of the main things. Uh, how is everyone doing this week uh, Madge how about you did you start off watching a, a game in the rain
1: yeah I went to the raw men um, it's been raining all, all sort of long weekend here in Brisbane so um, uh, and up at Redcliffe, there's not many places in the stadium with any cover so pretty much everyone was sitting there in the rain so it was it was Eva would probably be very familiar. Um, <laughs> Playing football in Scotland uh, with the amount of rain we've had this weekend, but you know what? Kind of made it fun when you get drenched watching the football.
0: Uh, well, there's been plenty of rain around. Dale, has it um, eased up a little bit? Maybe in in your neck of the woods.
2: Yeah, it's it's been lovely actually. We had a really really nice weekend of uh, a weekend of weather here, except for probably about half an hour during the late games on the weekend. Uh, the the game that I covered this weekend was Bankstown City versus Sydney Olympic. And for probably about 20 minutes in the second half, like to the point where you can barely see the other side of the pitch on the video, it was absolutely torrential. But, yeah, it's been, it's been much better here. A
0: little bit short of rain in New South Wales, so good to hear you're getting some. Uh, Stefan, in Canberra, I was close to Canberra. I wasn't in Canberra over the weekend, but it seemed to be lovely weather in and around where I was and hopefully you got some good football under your belt
3: as well. Yeah, I did. Thanks. Uh, played in one game, got out to a couple of others. Uh, played so in
0: a game, walking football.
3: No, fifty fives. Trying to my knees, my knees holding me back a little, but I'm, I'm giving it a go. So yeah, it was yeah, it's good fun. Thank you. It's good to get back in the normal swing of things after the, the massive couple of weeks we had with with Chili's and young Chillies. So yeah,
0: very good. Mm. And then Efa, hopefully you're having a, a good week so far. You did say off air that you've. Um, just in isolation at the moment, as you're prepping to get yourself off the hospital to get a bit of a, a fix-up, which we'll we'll talk about throughout the pod as well.
4: Yeah, um, mostly been inside, so I'm not not out in the cold. But uh, the weather's actually warming up because we're coming in summer, so it's going to be good very good all right well let's start off with what we normally
0: start off in with our podcast is we talk about the Matilda who wears the cap which coincides with the episode that we're talking about so today we're talking about episode 93 which coincide with Matilda's cap number 93 Tammy Thornton so shout out to you Tammy I don't know if you're listening we'd love to have a chat to all of the Matildas who have worn all of those caps but in this case I haven't been organized um Debuted for the Matilda back in 1996 and played through to 1997, but during that time was actually successful in playing 19A internationals plus an additional non-A international 20 matches across two, two years. I don't think is a bad rap, to be honest, because there are some years that are pretty lean with the amount of games that we have. Her grassroots club was Stratford, Stratford, yep, that's right, United Dolphins, which also is the home or the grassroots club of Each Ferguson. So it's a little bit of um, nice history there to have two such top players come from there. She's from Cairns, which is a nice little uh, tie-in that we have with EFA as well, because you were born in Cairns, is my understanding, even though you find yourself at the moment playing in Scotland, but playing internationally, you've played for the Republic of Ireland.
4: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Born in Cairns. Grew up there. Spent 15 years there.
0: Um, Yeah. And then weirdly found yourself at Canberra United Academy and Canberra United. But again, we'll come back to that. And I'll just finish off quickly with the rest of the stuff for Tammy. Um, Tammy played in the US. She also played in England with Queen's Park Rangers and of all places, Chelsea. So it's not just the Sam Kerr show. Back in the day, we had Tammy playing out there as well. So congratulations, Tammy, on your Matilda's Caps. We're very pleased and proud to talk about you and some of the history that you've contributed to the wonderful game that we see now in front of us. And yeah, I hope your journey just continues on. and, And I believe you're still giving back to football. So that's lovely to hear as well. All right, let's get on to some fantastic and fun stuff to talk about today. We've got Aoife Colville, as I mentioned. Now Aoife, you were born in Cairns, but because you find yourself playing for the Republic of Ireland, you've got a bit of the half-half mix. And I was quite surprised to chat with you and see that you've got a bit of a Scottish accent, which has really thrown me. But you spent so much of your time in Australia. You also played for the Junior Matildas, I'm just having a quick look in, in 2019 at what point did you have this thought about allegiance to Australia mm. or to the Republic of Ireland given the opportunity that your parents have given you
4: and mm-hmm. um, to be honest ever since I was a little girl like I've always grown up wanting to play for the Matildas like it was uh, never really something I thought about until I moved over here and it turns out that the coach I had previously, Scott, uh, Scott Booth, he, he was quite, quite good friends with Vera, um, the, the coach of the Irish women's national team. And he, yeah, he basically got in touch with her and said, maybe have a look at Aoife. Um, She's eligible to play for Ireland. And I think just the uh, kind of, I think I always knew the possibility was there. Um, in terms of my mum and that half of the family. And I think I do have a, a very strong connection with that side of my family. Um, and I am proud to be of of both Aussie and Irish. Um, but yeah, I think I when the opportunity came, I I gave it a good crack and I couldn't, I couldn't really say no. Um, I had a really a really enjoyable first camp with them and that was kind of just to test the waters and see see like if it was something i wanted to pursue and when i say it was not an easy decision it really wasn't um because you're just always like what if um but i think for me as a player um and as a person like i think it was it was a good decision
0: yeah, I think it's a great decision. I don't think, I mean, you couldn't go wrong either way, really, could you? And and that's no. the thing. It was, it's 100% right one way and it's 100% right the other way. And it's amazing to be, I can only imagine what it would be like to represent uh, your country for international football so wonderful stuff I suppose the other thing that we should just briefly touch on because it doesn't define you as a player but you had an unfortunate accident or incident a couple of weeks ago and and you've done your ACL can you talk us through that a little bit and talk about the recovery process which I imagine you've already started even though you've not had the surgery
4: yeah um well initially they messed up my reading so I went for an MRI obviously and the radiologist said it was just a partial tear and they said that it would just be three months. I wouldn't need operation. Like I would be back in like over summer. And then uh, we, the physio at the club who'd done a really good job, she booked me in with a consultate, like uh, a surgeon and we had a consultation and he obviously just looked at the results and was like, no, I think if you want to play football like professionally again, like we would probably want to operate um, hearing that was not nice, but then again, like there's also the other side of it and you're thinking like a partial tear, you could do all the rehab in the world and then after three months come back and then you you, you tear it completely and then that's another nine months like, to go. So I think in that in that sense, I'm quite like happy just to get the operation done. Um, and then yeah, nine months, <laughs> nine months recovery. Um, but yeah, I should be, I should be running after three, three months. And then after like six, I should be back like on the sidelines of training and that. So, um, I'm remaining quite positive. So,
0: yeah, that definitely comes through. It's, it's great to have a positive mindset. And I, I think through the other players that we've seen go through this process, that the positivity will help them ultimately get back out there and get ready for football as soon as possible. And hopefully you're getting all the support that you need at the club and with the people around the club as well. I think that's a another important point we've seen. We had Chids on Alex Chidiak on the podcast, or oh, must have been a couple of months ago now, and, and she talked about the injury that she was carrying when she yeah. was away and how hard it was to get the support that she needed. But hopefully at Glasgow City, you're getting that. And and whether or not the Republic of Ireland medical team stay in contact at all, I'm not sure if they do that for people outside of the camps. But I will yep. say that Glasgow City have been doing fantastically in the Scottish Women's Premier League as well. And to that point, I think you'd been doing super well as well. You'd been on the score sheet a number of times. Is
4: Glasgow City sitting second or third at the moment? Second, it's coming to the coming to the end of the season and it's it's getting quite tight, and um, we've got a title decider in two weeks against Rangers. So, um, yep. I'm, I might not even be able to be there, but I'm hoping I will be. But yeah. as you said, like uh, Glasgow City, yeah, they've been great, like from like day one, and it and it also helps because I know this is uh, another girl on the team, Joe Love, very experienced. Um footballer ex, ex-Scottish uh, women's player she's also done hers so we're kind of in it together and yep. um, so yeah it's on that side of it it's good
0: Oh Well, yeah, hopefully all goes well. And hopefully all goes well for Glasgow City as well. We do follow them. So every week that we have the podcast, we go through the results. And this is where Eric and I have a bit of argy bargy. And he says, you know, she's, you know, she's not really in Australia. And I'm like, she is because she's played here. You've got family from here. And to be honest, it doesn't matter because we just love talking about women's football, and Eric loves you as well. Don't get me wrong; I think he just <laughs> loves. I think he just loves messing with me in particular, but probably messing with everyone on the podcast. Um, Dale, yeah. what are your thoughts? How much does Eric like messing with us? And have you got a couple of questions for Aoife as well?
2: Eric constantly frustrates and annoys all people of all persuasions. <laughs> uh, he's actually out calling a women's game tonight. Um, so, you know, dedicated to the craft. Aoife, um, I know obviously you were saying that it uh, it wasn't an easy decision to represent the Republic. Um, obviously, that, that's something that a lot of Australians are kind of looking at doing now. We see Vesna Mil- Milivojevic, who's moved across to play for Serbia. We've seen uh, Claudia Chalakian, who's just been capped for Armenia. Do you think that as we move closer to the World Cup, especially for, you know, the Aspora communities, do you think that we'll see more kind of, uh, I guess, fringe young and junior Matildas looking overseas to to potentially make the World Cup?
4: Uh, Possibly. Um, I think, as I said, like, the opportunity came and I just, I was obviously hesitant, but then also really grateful that I've been given the opportunity and, like, sometimes when opportunities come, you've got to take them with both hands. And, um, yeah, so I think when it comes to a World Cup, then that's like once in a lifetime kind of thing. Like so if you had the opportunity to play in a World Cup, like um and you had affiliations obviously with with the country and like as long as you're I think I believe um every time you put on that shirt or like yeah like are in that environment like you're happy and you're proud to be there then I think then definitely you you might see a little bit more but um yeah I think if those players or had the opportunity to play in the World Cup I think everyone everyone would love to do that so.
2: I know that like I know the Republic are pretty well placed at this point to at least make the playoffs. Was that something that figured into your into your decision to potentially like look to play in what would be for you a home World Cup?
4: Um, to be honest, it was probably in the back of my mind. Um, but in terms of like Ireland as a, as a squad, when I when I first like initially got invited, we had a couple of friendlies in in Iceland, and I think that was just my focus, just to see if I could even break into that squad because there's no. There's no guarantees at the end of the day. Like it's a it's a tough like it's a tough environment. Every every international squad is is um, a challenge. Um, so I think for me, just the focus was to try and break myself into that team. And as you probably know, only only went once and then got a few injuries and now I'm, now I'm out for nine months. So I think that possibility of maybe going to a World Cup on home soil, regardless of like it say, if Ireland did make it, it's looking quite slim. But I think I'll be there regardless, and um, and especially especially if Scotland make it as well, because um, I've got heaps of friends that play for the team, and I think uh, I'll be there supporting them. So
0: once it's in- just a start, you'll um you'll keep motoring on. Just get the little niggle fixed up. That's what we call yeah. ACLs. Just a little niggle.
1: <coughs> yes, yeah, so, Aoife, um, I- just going on from that, um, Eric has asked the technical questions. Was there any issue or, or did you have to do anything extra to, I guess, um, change your nationality given that you had been involved with the young Matildas before or was there a, a sort of a distinction between the junior and the senior rep?
4: Um, yeah, there was. I had to, I had to send uh, a change of association to FIFA um, and i think once that happened then that's kind of like the final thing but like me going into camp that was um just to test the waters and see if i got along with the players and the coach and and the rest of that and i think uh, once i once i was invited and once i went i just knew it was the right decision um and yeah so i had to i, I had to send the letter yeah yeah okay
1: well, maybe if we go back to the start. Um, so you, you grew up in Cairns. Um, mm-hmm. So I mean, I guess what were your memories of football from being a kid? What got you into the game? And um, and and then you know, and then how did you get from far north Queensland to the Canberra United Academy?
4: Oh mate, uh, Cairns, what a place! Love it. Um, I would love to go back now. I think I think the town's probably changed so much. Um, Yeah, so I played for a team called Edgehill Tigers, and we did verse uh, Tammy's team on occasion. That's good to know that team's still around because they're not always still around. So yeah, well, I'm actually not sure if they're still kicking, but um, I I played for Edgehill. Great, great, like grassroots, and I played with the boys, so obviously there was probably not many girls at that that age um, I used to do ballet and then I kind of quit that because I thought football's more fun um, but yeah always been always been playing football dad introduced me to a ball when I was like four so um yeah I think yeah Edge Tigers then went to FNQ which there was like a, a grassroots kind of COE program that they uh, kick-started and that grew into fun uh, FNQ Heat eventually. I think it was called COE. And then we used to, we used to verse like uh, Townsville, Mackay, like we used to travel um, all around, all around Queensland. And then, yeah, I think it was Dialedich actually moved to Cairns and came to a few of our sessions. She was helping out as a coach. And then she actually mentioned that she had some connections in Canberra. And that's kind of how that started. And I think I should probably um, pay, pay all my uh, respects to Di for initiating that because um, probably, wouldn't, probably would never have been able to get down to Canberra. So she got in touch with Ray Dower down there and then I drove down with my dad and kicked around um, at one of the Canberra United sessions. I was like 15 and I was so nervous and then she said she's got she had no space for a uh, player in the in the um, Cam United Academy that year. So then I played for Belconnen for a year against them, and then moved over to the dark side. And yeah, and then it kind of kick-started from there. So
1: excellent. Should have known Ray Dow was involved there somewhere else yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. she was.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Speaking of Ray Dower, Stefan, did you manage to catch up with Ray at the um, Football Writers Festival last week or whenever that was? Uh, time flies with me.
3: Yeah, Ray was definitely there in the room, but I, I didn't get a chance to speak to her. No, no, sorry. But um, so Aoife, while we're talking about your, your time in Canberra and uh, playing for Belco, I, I didn't get a chance to see you play for Belco, but um, I was lucky enough to be at several of your 2018 Canberra United Academy games. And that was an amazing year for you, where you uh, you bagged forty two goals in nineteen games. Um, and after that, you had a couple of seasons with Canberra United in the in the W League, but you only mm-hmm. saw limited match time. Mm-hmm. So, how, how do you look back on your time there at Canberra United now? Uh, the the W
4: League time, or the yeah, um, I look back at it fondly, and also I look back and I am like, I think. I think I wanted – I think yeah, – I don't know. Yeah, I think it definitely kickstarted my my career as a footballer and, like, my um, journey into professional football. And as I said, I learnt the hard way, I think. I uh, got, got played in left back for the first season I was there and um, then the second season was injured for most of it and then the third season um, – I think I got one game. And I think that after that season, I think I just needed I needed a fresh start. And I think at that point I wasn't enjoying football. I wasn't enjoying playing. I think just to sometimes it's important to get out of that mentality, out of the mindset of like, um, yeah, I don't know. I think I lost a lot of confidence um in myself as a player. So I think it was just important to get back playing and playing like Good and playing consistently, because I think that's how a player grows is if you actually are playing, especially at a young age. So
0: yeah with that confidence sorry just to jump in everyone but is that something that the club actively supports you in and and we look at the professional environments around the Matildas or the A-League women's clubs or or in the clubs that you're playing with now as well do they have someone who does that professional support of the psychological aspects of the players not just the um, uh, whether or not it's the physical or the tactical or the skill base because the psychological psychological element is such a major part of getting the best out of the players as well and enjoying the game
4: yeah um i think in terms of australia i think the pfa done huge works like with all the w league clubs at the time and like i couldn't give a bigger shout out to erin clout because she she worked tirelessly with that side of it like the psychology side of it and and now i think she's moved up the ranks in the pfa but yeah she was she was our PDM for a few years and that like, came to our sessions and she was that person you could go to about anything speak to about anything and I think in terms of that on this side of the water um, we have a very close connection with at Glass- city with uh, mental health and um, there's quite a big history at the club of supporting um people that have not issues, but like um, anything really, we're, we're sponsored by Breathing Space, which is a um, a mental health organisation as well. So I think there's always been in my my personal um, journey, there's always been that support, so. That's terrific, cool.
0: Sorry, I'll, I'll throw back to Stefan. Sorry about that.
3: Hey, I'm curious about where you regained your confidence, Aoife. Was it Was it at Sydney University or was it a bit later?
4: Uh, No, I think Sydney University, actually, um, that was probably the tipping point for me Um, in terms of playing in Sydney. I think, yeah, that was a point that I wasn't enjoying football and I I think I struggled a lot that year, actually. Um, So, yeah, I think that was probably, it was was enjoyable being away from home and like experiencing that side of it. And I, I wouldn't change that for the world. Um, and I'm sure this the Sydney Uni setup now is is brilliant. But as you know, like not every, not every club is going to be right for you, not every team, not every coach, some some coaches are going to be better than others that, um or like have a better relationship with others. So I think yeah, definitely Sydney Uni was a time that I probably would look back on and go, um, I would like to change some how I how it was kind of thing. But yeah, I definitely grew up. A lot that year.
3: Thank you. I've got one more Canberra oriented question. You, hey, you told the Canberra Times in uh, middle of last year that you'd like to come back to the A-League a- Women's Competition at some point. I think you said that you'd like to get a couple of years in Europe under your belt and maybe come back to the competition. Is that still a goal of yours? A
4: hundred percent. Yeah, uh, always always has it in the back of my mind. It's like, I think I feel like I have unresolved a, Stuff with the W League and uh, so the A League now. Um, I think I would love to come and make a mark. I think that is something that I never did as a young young player. And I think, um, yeah, just also just uh, realizing kind of growing up, maturing as a player, realizing what positions I like playing and and all of that. And it's definitely not left back. I'll tell you that for, <laughs> for free. Um, so yeah, I think. Definitely, 100%, I would love to come back. And to be fair, we like to call it the dub. We don't really
0: like to call it A-League Women's. Yeah. It's a bit, bit pants. Sorry. So we're, yeah, no. no when, very, when we,
2: very official. We don't like that kind of
0: stuff. When you <laughs> come back, just keep calling it the dub and we'll see if we can't turn yeah. the tide. But I don't, I don't know. Sometimes we slip up into that um, <laughs> proper language for the, for the good old football stuff. What yeah, about you, still- imagine, have you,
1: got Oh, sorry, keep going.
4: No, sorry, I still see it as Bobby League, so yeah, yeah, that's fine by me.
1: Yeah, so so I guess um, what what was the catalyst for the move uh, overseas, uh, and how did that come about? How did you end up at Glasgow City?
4: Um, well, as we know, Rachel Corsi played for Canberra United for a season, um, and I I guess it wasn't until a year after that actually, and. I was just thinking about places I could go. And, like, I I had uh, done a bit of research on the the Scottish national, like, uh, the league over here. Um, And I'd watched a few games, like, from Celtic and that. And I knew that they were starting to invest in their their league and in their teams. And, um, obviously, Glasgow City came up then and I spoke to uh, Grace Gill. And I was just, Mm -hmm. like, just had a chat with her. And she was just, like, do it. And then I messaged Rachel Corsi and then she, not realising what would happen or like didn't really have it much, much like um, expectations. I just flung a message and was like, look, what's the Scottish League like? And she, she's obviously played here when she was younger and played for Glasgow City as well. So she, she's very close with Warren Montgomery as well. So she sent me her email and then yeah, kind of happened within three or two, two, three weeks. I had my flights booked and I was off You wow. got a so, career as yeah.
1: being an agent in your future.
4: Yeah. Uh, well, I don't still don't actually have one, so uh, I must be doing all right. Yeah. Oh, uh, we can <laughs> connect you with Fatty if you need if you need the yeah, services. I was say, that...
2: Maybe Rachel can take a take a, a cut of the cut of the signing fee as well. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yep, good call. Yeah. All right. Continue with the questions, everyone. Dale, you got one? No, Dale's Dale's. done. or
3: questions. Stefan? Uh, what do you like to do outside of football, Eva?
4: Oh, uh, coffee. I love coffee. Um, <laughs> yeah. coffee Sounds like I you like. could be from
0: Melbourne.
1: There you go. Yeah, I found that, that, my that, that's connection. I think that's yeah, a, a, a very a, Australian
4: caref- footballer. Um,
1: very yeah. Canberra I like <laughs>
2: coffee.
4: <laughs> Stereotypical, but yeah, it's true. Um, there's also not much you can do when it's really wet and um, the weather's freezing. So a good cup of coffee can save you sometimes. So yeah, I there's think no one beach of the is as well. There is beaches, but it's freezing. So yeah,
0: <laughs> one of the questions that people like to ask is around the differences between the different leagues in, in the world and that there are so many and they grow at different rates and improve at different rates as well. What are the a couple of key things that you would call out as maybe the differences between the Dublin and, and the Scottish Women's Premier League and also maybe what you think is changing more rapidly in Scotland's football or Scottish Women's Premier League football as opposed to what you had last seen in Australia anyway?
4: Yeah, um, obviously I'm not. I can't speak for W League because I've not um seen it for a few years. But um, from when I left, I think the levels of professionalism were getting there. Like it was, it was very good. And I think in terms of when I came to Scotland, when I first came here, I would say it was probably a step down in that regard in terms of um facilities and and whatnot. But then since I've been here and since two was well, two years now. The club has grown so much and, like, the investment in the players and um, especially, like, the league as well, like other other teams in the league. Obviously not everyone is um, professional, considered professional, so um, there's still a few. And I think that is probably the biggest difference from the W League to here is... Um, yeah, so I think that is growing, and it's got to continue to grow. And I think next season here is going to be even even better because they're doing a split, so it's full home and away to, like times three, and then you oh split stop it together. stop it the dream that's what it. we want three four rounds it, it, it creates such a good like um, I don't know like I've never played in a in a competition as especially the last two years, as tight and as competitive. And I think that's that's what makes it it's so good. And I think being at Glasgow City and trying to um, like uphold their values and especially their achievements, like 14 years in a row in this year, we fighting for 15, like it's, it's class. Like it's, yeah, it's an experience that I'll be grateful for forever, so. And also oh, as yeah, well, I Champions mean, League and
2: Clapton, I think. Yeah, I was going to say, the point that you make around like the improvement of facilities, I remember there was a story, I think it was the year before last, City won the league and there was a, kind of uproar is probably the wrong word, but there was a lot of talk about the fact that effectively that won the league in a park, there wasn't really any facilities and now obviously you've got kind of bigger teams, you know, the traditional old firm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Derby's on the last day of the season. You guys are playing Rangers, you know, in a couple of weeks. And you're yeah. seeing these kind of traditional men's teams, Aberdeen, Celtic, Glasgow. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and Rangers, of course, You're putting in more effort. It's really mm-hmm. good to see. And obviously, you, there, there's a few changes with the way the Champions League's working. So like, there's a lot more competition. But as you say, like the rising side with four boats, which has been really, really positive to see.
4: Yeah. Um, as you said, like, it's just been a few weeks and, and Rangers played at Petardry Stadium, the men's stadium, and they've just played at Ibrox last week. And Celtic played uh, Hibs at their their park, and that's phenomenal in itself. And getting like fans there as well, like that's that's like growing beyond what I think anyone could have imagined too, even like five years ago. So I think the the rate that at which the Scottish League is growing is 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 awesome. So.
0: That's a good question to, I don't know, to my mind anyway, about the fans, not necessarily in terms of numbers, but in terms of the engagement and their understanding of football. Madge, I know that you're heavily involved in, in Matilda's Active, of course, and, you know, you they are the most passionate group of football fans, at least at, at, at Matilda's international level. Do you see in the Scottish Women's Premier League, that the fans are different or the same? Is it volume or is it noise or is it chance or is there anything
4: in the game that you think is different? Um, I wouldn't say different. I'd say um Glasgow City has it's like a family kind of thing, like the the supporters that have supported Glasgow City have been there for a number of years like well before i came like they they are a family and it, it was a club built on volunteers and and so i think in that sense it's a community and i think in terms of that there's probably some similarities between that and cam united and both women's clubs run by the women and like i think in terms of that like um yeah i think in ter- yeah so but when you go to bigger clubs like rangers and celtic they've obviously got a lot of history and um just recently actually the the Rangers girls got the union Bears which support the men so they had chance throughout the whole game and even that for for a female match is unreal like just getting getting them fans and especially I think in terms of Rangers and Celtic like it is quite a um historical game and I think if if Rangers and Celtic were to play at either of the parks like I think they would get some amount of fans. Um, so I think it would be really good So very good um,
0: we had maybe yeah. a, a couple of last quick questions from Eric and these are the, what he has titled because he's given us our homework quick light-hearted questions best player you've yeah. ever played with
4: oh uh, probably Donisus Sullivan. oh my <laughs> god he is going to love that
2: he'll like that answer
0: <laughs> um, because <laughs> I don't know if you know Aoife but Eric actually has a tattoo. I, I don't know how how you would rate this on the weirdness scale, but he has a he has a tattoo of Denise O'Sullivan. I'm not sure if it's the only footballing tattoo that he has. I don't know if okay. anyone knows. knows maybe the- maybe Eric
4: will like me now after I answer.
0: <laughs> I'm sure he No, he always likes you He just likes to poke um, Poke the bear Pokemon. when I'm. Talking. If I say something's black He'll say it's white If it's blue He'll yeah. say it's green Or whatever So it's it's No, he definitely likes you um, Best player you've played against?
4: Oh Are you really testing me? Probably For 10 minutes Against Wolfsburg Peniel Harder <laughs> Oh God Yeah God um, yeah. And watching her in that game was unreal. She was on fire, man. So, yeah, probably Oh, that's, that's an experience. Who is your dream teammate? Oh. To be honest, I think I've played with some pretty cool people. And I wouldn't say maybe actually Sam Kerr. Let's just say that. Yeah. Probably her. I feel like I'd learn a lot. Um, and I'd happily sit on a bench like if I got to train with her and that. So I think, yeah. But I think I've played with some pretty cool people and, yeah. Think, there yeah. is a
0: Samantha Kerr in the Scottish Women's Premier League or is she in another league? I can't remember. So there's <laughs> Sam Kerr, our Sammy, and then there's Samantha Kerr. Yeah,
4: yeah, there is. Uh, she plays for Rangers, used to play for Glasgow City. So I've there go. played with her for just like a year, just under a year. So There you go.
0: You're almost there. Um, hardest working teammate.
4: Oh, it's a hard one. Like currently or back?
0: Any which way, last person off the field because they're you know still doing whatever practice they wanted to. Or
4: Um, probably one of my good friends from Canberra, Laura Hughes. (laughs) She'd be she'd still be running if she could. I think so. Yeah, probably.
0: Yeah, terrific. And then I think we're getting to the end but funniest teammate
4: oh god um denise is pretty funny um have you got a little I'm... denise
0: anecdote that you can share with us and, and then we'll say oh eric we had the greatest chat about denise
4: <laughs> <laughs> no yeah. i would say well to be honest right now i'd probably say in my team neve farrelly plays on team as well and um, she's quite close with denise i think it's just the irish accent to be honest I was gonna say that and I thought maybe I shouldn't but you said no there we go yeah it is um it just makes makes stories even better yeah very nice and then the last question that
0: we've got before we roll on to the other stuff of the podcast who was the biggest coach's pet or is there such a thing this is Eric's question I, I don't know
4: biggest coach's pet um Oh, she's going to hate me if I say yeah. this. Yeah, <laughs> this sounds like a question that me in trouble. That's what I was
0: just thinking. I've read it out and I'm like, oh, Eric, I think this is danger. This we'll, is, we'll let you hold that dangerous. one if you want.
4: Yeah, I think I will. I
0: will. <laughs> all right um <laughs> going to stick around with us for a while just as we talk about the hot topics throughout the week and then some results from around the world so i've been away i've been pretty much offline a little bit off grid so i don't have a lot of news in our hot topics but number one fifa published its first ever guide to club licensing in women's football which i think is a really good thing and they're sort of building the whole women's football space with not only this, but I think um, transfers were on the map a while ago. They've been looking a lot about women's pathways. So I think this is good news. We can discuss it if you want, but I was just going to keep on going. The other thing I saw on Twitter just before is it looks like there was a junior Matilda's Announcement in Adelaide today about some facilities. So, congratulations to the junior, junior Matildas if they've got some top facilities around there. But maybe if we swing around the world now, Dale, I don't know if you would like to take us through the results of the FAWSL where we're up to round 20 of 22. So, we're getting pretty close to the end. And, Aoife, jump in anytime you want to say, Oh, that was a shite game or something. Okay. <laughs>
2: Um, yeah, so uh, we'll start off with the FAWSL, uh, Aston Villa nil, Manchester United nil, Emily Gilnick started for the Villains and got 67 minutes before being replaced, uh, Everton nil, Arsenal three, Everton's season goes from bad to worse as Dale goes further and further into therapy, Caitlin Ford with a 43-minute goal started and got 65 minutes, Seth uh, Catley got a 90-minute run from the start and Lydia Williams was on the bench, unfortunately, uh, Tottenham Hotspur 1, Chelsea 3. Kai Simon started and was replaced on 57, uh, 58 minutes. Sam Kerr also started, got 90 minutes and scored in the 71st. Uh, and Katrin Berger was sent off uh, in the 33rd minute. Yeah, uh, what happened? And- I didn't see Tottenham. that. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. But I do know that uh, Sophie Ingall scored an own goal in the 15th minute, which was Spurs' only score of the match. Uh, Reading 1, West Ham 2. Uh Tamiki Aleph got 32 minutes off the bench. Mackenzie Arnold started started. She got 90 minutes. Uh, no goal for Tatsgowie in that game. So big sad all dub fans. Uh, Manchester City four, Leicester City nil. Uh, Leicester not in danger of the drop at this stage. There are, as we were saying, only a couple of results to go. Um, Alana Kennedy did get 90 minutes from the starting that line and Hayley Rasso was an unused sub.
0: How's, ha- uh, how's Alana's game. nose? Anyone know?
2: Still wearing the mask. Um, mo- most of the team have had the customary meme Instagram post which we like to encourage um, but yeah lots of Batman and Robin lots of Zorro, lots of Mask Avenger, we love the meme content, please keep it coming it's just a city place, I know you're all listening so the uh, last game of the round was Brighton and Hove Albion 1 Birmingham 3, no Australians in this game no Kiwis either unfortunately um, obviously with uh, Rhea Percival out For Spurs, Uh, no no Kiwis in the league at this point. Uh, Former former Kiwi team, for for a team of the Kiwi, rather uh, Rebecca Stott going down against Birmingham. It was Birmingham's first league win since January of this year, which was 2-0 against Arsenal. and It was their first away league win since the 15th of November of 2020. Um, So Birmingham still in the drop zone at this stage. Only one team goes down from the English league. Um, But yeah, as I said, uh, still in the drop zone there. And we move on to the Scottish Women's Premier League. I just wanted uh, to say, if
1: you want to see a highlight from the w, um, WSL this week, is Jesse Fleming's absolute rocket. Oh, um, I saw that Chelsea against um, Tottenham. It was just a few very good people. at football.
2: Yes. <laughs> that's that's basically uh, all I on.
1: saw of, of WSL. Yeah. Um, that's all I needed to see. We will come we'll, on
2: to more bangers in the results. Uh, obviously, with Aoife here. Uh, not playing at the moment. But Glasgow City two, Hearts of Midlothian nil. Uh, means that Glasgow City makes their fifteenth straight Women's Champions League campaign, which is pretty incredible. Um, I think you guys go into the prelims, which will be pretty interesting. I know that you guys played a um, slightly abridged version of the prelims this year.
4: Say that again, sorry.
2: You guys will play. You guys are going into the knockouts this year for the uh, for the Champions League.
4: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, UEFA's sure.
2: weird. I don't pretend to know about. I don't
4: like, understand it. I, right. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. The the, uh, the the World Cup. The, we've been on the debate list on the show before, but the World Cup draw is significantly more weird. Uh, we'll go on to Hamilton, academical nil, Celtic six. Uh, Jacinta Gallabarrage. Gattabal- Gattabal- she was a second half sub. Uh, for the girls, but uh, she did contribute to Celtic's sixth goal. Uh, she, it was an own goal of her deflected cross. Kiwi in International, Olivia Chance got 90 minutes there and scored Celtic's first in the 22nd. Uh, the other results there were Partick Thistle nil, Hibernian two, Spartans nil, Motherwell one, Rangers four, Aberdeen nil. As we mentioned, Rangers v Glasgow City on the 8th of May, uh, which will be hopefully broadcast on NITV. Because I know that we have. I've heard some games. Yeah, first yeah. up on really SBS good. here, so very very interesting. I'm not sure if we get them in um, Scots Gaelic or we get them in English, but either way, I will most likely be tuning into that.
3: And then yeah. last
2: week obviously, the season is the 15th of May, which is the Old Firm derby at Excelsior Stadium, which should be an absolute banger, of course. Uh, so, moving so on, can- there would.
0: Yeah just just quickly with the league there's only three the three rounds left to play what happens after that Aoife, for for the rest of the team i mean obviously it's not just the league that they're playing in there there's champions league stuff that goes on as well but what will happen to most of your team with do they take a
4: break for a wee while do they head off to different places um yeah so once the league's over we have a cup game then um I- we don't know who against yet, but um that's on the 26th of May, and then we get uh, four four weeks off, I think, um, which is the longest I think I've ever had off. Um, lucky I'll be doing rehab, so, <laughs> um, so yeah, so then come back in the 4th of July, start preparing for Champions League. So that gives us like
2: six I weeks. See, I see. I see most of the girls will be coming back tan from Dubai or yeah, the South of Italy or from Spain. Like that.
4: Greece, yeah. yeah, I'll I'll be as pale as ever. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's hardly fair. Uh, Surely they would just hang out with you back home. No, no, all my friends are leaving me, and
2: yeah, Although,
4: <laughs> I have to say, I have to say, the Glasgow sun is is not bad when it's when it's hot, it's good. So. Hey, I've I'll got another involved. really
0: important question as well. What do you miss most about Australia in terms of the the food or confectionery? Because this is the kind of question that Eric really dreams about. He loves the whole conversations about food. And, and I don't know what's available in Scotland that's, um, sorry, mm. what's not available in Scotland that we have here. And You mean like Aussie not.
4: snacks? Yep, yep. Um, do you know what? I did have a craving for shapes the other day and I managed Mm. to get some, Um, but yeah, I I wouldn't say, I think Scotland's got some decent snacks. So I think, um, yeah, I think I I don't really crave Aussie snacks or miss them. So you're not missing anything
0: because Scotland's got better snacks is what you're saying. Scotland has some top tier snacks. (laughs) So. <laughs> That's good to hear. Hey, and the other thing that we should have said, we always give our mate groups a shout out because he/she is such a a massive part of the women's football space. But she's got plenty of Scottish heritage as well, so she'll be she'll be very pleased to hear that you're playing over there and, um, you know, enjoying the the snacks and I don't know maybe <laughs> you can speak fancy Scottish words together or something or other. Sorry, Dale, no. keep talking about more important things.
2: That's all right. I'll do my best. Uh, so no games in France this week. At, and uh, just, I don't know, it could have been a protest. I think it was actually because the election was on. Uh, then we moved to Italy. Milan, six. Pomigliano, two. El Antonio got 11 minutes off the bench. No games for, uh, no, no time for Ivan Lewick, unfortunately. Uh, Pomigliano went out eight, uh, eight in the league out of, I believe, 12. So not looking like they'll go down at this stage. Uh, there are two rounds to play there. Did I, I see maybe Celeste
1: Bure got a goal for Milan?
2: Oh, I that think perhaps she Milan? did. I, I saw I, I saw a clip, formative. and I'm pretty
1: sure it was her long, long plait ponytail that, now, that was Céleste on the end of a cross. Now
0: Celeste played for was it it was it with or, AC Milan she, at the she, moment. She, she, she never she played, played for Canberra. For Canberra? Am I, yeah, yeah, okay. All right, we'll we'll claim uh, that as being yeah. Aussie enough. <laughs>
2: Moving to Serbia, we did have uh, Kvenna 1, Spartak Tsubatitsa 2. Desna Milovojevic got on the score sheet there. Moving to America, uh, Emily van Oh, did we miss Netherlands 90- as well? I did. I saw the Netherlands result. Didn't see any Amy Harrison on the team sheet, unfortunately, but PSV did go down in the cup final 2-1 for Ajax, uh, which is a bit of a bummer. But, yeah, no Amy Harrison on the score sheet there. They looked to, look to be... Um, PSV look to have not necessarily a second-string team, but they look to have a number of players who they've been specifically using in the Cup. Uh, they had their reserve goalkeeper in a couple of other players, which I thought was quite interesting. Maybe concentrating on the league, but who knows? I'm not the coaching staff. Uh, on to the United States. Uh, Emily Van Egmond got a start and 90 minutes for San Diego against OL Reign in a 1-1 draw. Uh, the 74 finals are coming up in the NWSL Challenge Cup and uh, that'll see OL uh, rain versus Washington and Kansas City versus North Carolina this Thursday, and then the final is next week. Um, we should mention that there is a, a She Plays NWSL competition. If fantasy football is your vibe, um, find that at the usual. I think it's just sheplays.com.au and then follow the links um, to beat me at fantasy sport once again. Um and I should probably go through the, the big news of the week, the Champions League results as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if we mentioned those, but uh, semi-final time, Barcelona five, Wolfsburg one. Uh, Barcelona absolutely doing away with Wolfsburg in front of about 95.5 billion people at the camp now. Um, another incredible result and another incredible crowd um, for Barca. Uh, two goals for Alexia Putea, one each for Bonnati, Grand Hilton and Saramoso and a goal for Jill Roard. The other game was uh, Lyon 2 PSG, uh, sorry, Lyon 3 PSG 2. That was at Stade de Lyon in France. Uh going to Toto the scoring started for PSG before Wendy Renard scored a penalty and Katarina Macario scored two goals either side of half-time uh, to make it 3-1 and then Paulina Dudek scored a penalty on the hour mark for PSG. Um, Obviously, the next legs are next week. Uh, they'll be at the, I believe that's at the Volkswagen Arena in Wolfsburg. And then the other game, I think, is at the Pass de France um, for PSG versus Lyon. But looking increasingly likely, like we'll see a Barcelona-Lyon final, which will go off like a frog in a blender.
0: Thank and you, Dale. Um, before, before we move on to Nordic football where Stefan's going to take us through all of that, Aoife, I didn't ask you before, but do you have an allegiance, a side of playing? Are you, uh, you think Barcelona's the bee's knees or you've always been an Arsenal fan or or like for oh. Dale, an Everton fan or something like that? Oh, Dale,
4: I hate to break it to you. Yeah, I, I,
2: I, I go through this all the time. It's okay.
4: <laughs> I'm a Liverpool fan, so just to make your day even better.
2: Well, look, it can't get any worse. <laughs> hey, no, now I've hor- forgotten. We're horrible this season, so I, feel, I don't – and, and, I mean, your, your Liverpool women are going to be playing in the top tier next Promoted, year, so yes. Yeah, are, yep. to say, yeah.
4: Unreal for them.
2: Hopefully, hopefully, Everton's men are playing in the top tier. That would be a great place. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, but no, that's really interesting. It's it's obviously Liverpool very you know big huge fan base over here, so not surprising at all to hear that you're a Liverpool fan.
4: Well, actually, my mum was born born in Liverpool, and then dad um, dad's been a Liverpool fan ever since he was wee. So yeah, that's where that comes from. Um, I used to have. am Lu- a Watford Liverpool fan, Peter. but I don't. Th-
0: <laughs> Sorry, I was just saying I'm a Watford fan, but I don't think it helps me at all. Probably oh, wasn't. <laughs> Never mind. Stefan, would you do the honours and take us around the, um, the Nordic games and feel free to throw to Aoife for some ad lib if, if she knows, particularly, I mean, Carly's in there and I don't know who else is in there that you may have come across.
3: Yeah, we'll start with Carly. Thanks. Thanks, Cheryl. Um, yeah, there are a ton of Aussies over in the, uh, in the Nordic leagues at the moment, so let, let's go through them. Um, in, in Norway, in top series in round five. Uh, Carly uh, played the last half hour of LSK Kvinna's, uh one-all draw against bottom side rower. Um It was a bit lucky for for LSK. They um, it was the first point for the visitors, and the visitors also missed a penalty. Um, but what was good to see was that Carly played half an hour, uh, and this means I think that her foot soreness is improving. So we, hopefully we'll get and see we'll get to see more and more uh, Carly Rossbacken. So she she had a massive year. Um, Aoife, the, the year in 2018 as well with you in that same team so to no, say really enjoyed seeing you both play that year, it was, it was fabulous um, yeah um, over at uh, valorenga where Ellie Green has signed, uh, they won 2-0 uh, against Coldbottom and there's a huge midweek clash coming up between Carly's team and Ellie Green's team, uh, Ellie Green wasn't on the match card but um, perhaps she'll make the the card for this midweek game, which would be quite spicy, I think, then if they were to play each other, so something to look forward to.
1: Should I just play Eric's part here and go? Why are we talking about Ali Green when she now plays for New Zealand? She's not. Yeah,
3: she, really thank really you very
1: much. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I Eric did, always I does with you, Eva.
2: <laughs> I, I did notice. So the I, I think it's the Irish national team has two Quins with the first name L.
3: Yeah, and New, New Zealand morning I have two greens with
4: the first name A
3: as well. So, oh, that's good. Look, it gets it gets even worse because I'm I'm also talking about Fiona Wirtz not appearing on the, for LSK Kavina, and she's not even an Aussie. But uh, anyway,
0: <laughs> it's all just about football, women's football. Right. We love it. Doesn't matter.
3: That's right. Um, over at Sweden, where it's, it was also round five, um, just overnight. Uh, Tegan Micah and Charlie Grant played for Rosengard. And this is always the biggest game of the, uh, the competition, their game against BK Hecken uh, They had a two-all draw overnight. Uh, Tegan played a whole game and Charlie came on as a sub. Um, Katrina Gorry played a full game for Vizio in their 3-0 away win against AIK, which is Remy Simpson's new team. So um, Minnie played played the game. Claire Polkinghorne's got some toe soreness, I think. Um, so I wasn't involved in that one. And Remy Simpson also played the full 90 minutes in the second game. And um, Hammerby, who are currently eighth, where Courtney Nevin has found a new home. They had a 2-0 home win against 10th place Umea. Courtney came on as a sub in the 72nd minute. And as yet, there is no sign of Kyra Cooney-Cross, but she will be joining them soon, I think. Uh, and in the second tier in Sweden, um, where, where Annie Haffenden is playing with Vecco, they had a 1-0 away win against the previously unbeaten Malbeckens, and are topping the league, uh, which is great. Uh, and Annie was an unused sub for that game. Moving through to Denmark, some big news in Denmark where Fortuna Hjørring, uh, by virtue of their one all-away draw with Kolding Q, um, can't be caught in second position for the... Um, for the um, championship round robin, and that means they've qualified for the Champions League. So, um, so Insert yeah. cheering, yeah, yeah. So, that's great news. Um, all three Aussies started in that game, so that's Angie Beard, Indy Riley, and Claire Wheeler. Uh, India was subbed at half time, and Angie received a cheese slice yellow card at just before full time. Um, so again, great guns there. I'm sure
0: she didn't deserve it though. <laughs>
3: I haven't seen any footage, but you're probably right. Yes. Um, good news too for Jenna McCormick over at AGF. Um, they're taking part in the promotion relegation round robin uh, ten game series there. And in Jenna's return game, she'd missed a couple of games as well with with some ankle soreness. Um, she scored in the second minute of um, of her return match, so that was good. And um, insert
0: more cheering.
3: Yes. Um, that was a five-nil away win to uh, to Odense, um, and they're, they're in second place in that in that um, competition and looking pretty good, I think, for returning to the uh, oh, making sure they come back into the top league. So, and finally, in Iceland, the competition starts tonight. Um, the three Aussies in the uh, in the uh, do not start playing until tomorrow night, though, and that's uh, Melina Ayres with Breidablik. Uh, and Susan Fonson-Cam and Margot Chaboy with K.R. Reykjavik. So we'll be reporting next week on how they went in their first games.
2: As
0: always, a top wrap of the the Nordic Leagues. Thank you very much for that, Stefan. Um, We've got a little bit of stuff that we'll talk about state football, but maybe we'll rip through that quickly as we've got um, quite a long pod already. But Eric, uh, Eric's not here. But thank God, because we'll save 20 minutes. Um, Stefan, did you want to talk through the ACT results?
3: Yeah, well, I'll rip through it quickly. As you said, um, some good games in this one. Um, it was um, a top of the ladder clash. Well, one versus three. Uh, sorry, two versus three. Um, Canberra Olympic um, triumphed 3-2 over Belconne United. Um, pretty close game. Uh, a couple of penalties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, couple of penalties decided that one, but uh, Ashley Sykes got Canberra Olympic up uh, by two goals the first half and Belconi did really well to, to get back to two all in the second half and then a late penalty saw Canberra Olympic over the line and they did that without Michaela Thornton, who was playing futsal over in, uh, in an international competition, which I'll mention a bit later as well. Um, Tugunong United had a 5-0 loss against Canberra Croatia at home. Uh, West Canberra won 2-0 at home against Welker City in that, the game I, I was at so you can see the write-up on the Beyond 90 website um, Canberra United Academy had their first win, 4-0 over Gungahlin United um, Gungahlin were probably the most affected by that futsal comp um, where five ACT players have, have gone over to play um, so two of their key midfielders the DeMarco sisters uh, weren't in that Gungalan side but Nonetheless, it's really good for the Academy to get their first win. Uh, There's a couple of Federation Cup games on tonight. Um, The Academy against Tuggeranong United and Belcon versus ANU. And tomorrow night, there's also the round one catch-up game between West Canberra and Gungahlin United. So what's happening for Gungahlin this week and the Academy, to be honest.
0: Thank you, Stefan. Uh, Dale, can you do an Eric impersonation and and run through uh, very nice and quickly the New South Wales results, if you wish? Uh, No, he doesn't. Give me my 400 favourite
2: things about futsal. Uh, One. Okay. I don't know. Uh, Northwestern Sydney Spirit one, Northern Tigers two. That was at Christie Park. Um, Northwestern Sydney Spirit used to be called the Northwestern Sydney Koalas and used to have the best logo in Australian football. Unfortunately, now they have neither. Uh, Blackdown Spartans nil, Manly United Mill, That was a Blackdown football park. Uh, Bankstown City one, Sydney Olympic two, fantastic game uh, despite the weather. Um, Bankstown looked pretty good for the points until about 20 minutes to go. And then Sydney Olympic came back and snatched it right at the end. Um, really interesting to see the difference that Courtney Vine has made for that Sydney Olympic team since coming back from a little break after the A-League women's season. Uh, RPL Leicardt three, Illawarra Stingrays one, that was at Lambda Park. Uh, there are two games being played uh, this week. Blacktown Spartans won at Sydney University Mill. That's, that's actually live now, so um, can't say what the result will be there because we don't have future radio. Uh, and then Football uh, and New South Wales Academy play Blacktown maybe? I'm sure. Uh, but there's another makeup game that's being played on a Thursday um read about all of those things in my preview uh, in my review please please i need
0: to hear. dale yeah, thank you very much cool and and i think um this is eric playing tit for tat with me as well because i would written something about the number of women coaches we have in the victorian women's premier league we have three out of the eight teams so therefore we beat new south wales because you've only got two yeah really nice good i like that sorry not that I'm parochial at all, in Queensland, Madge. How many women
1: coaches do you have in in the league? You know, I haven't done the rounds. I think Gold Coast might have a, a women's coach at the moment, but from I did watch the um the feed, but I'm not quite sure who it is because it's very hard to find information online about some of the lineups sometimes. So um, I I will go and do the homework and um, and and double check. But I know Lions and um and Capalaba both have. Uh, they're same coaches from last year, um, but I will double check on the other teams. But anyway, um, it was actually some uh, four games this in round two of the NPL in Queensland uh, this week. Um, you know, Lions didn't have it all their own way against Souths United. Um, they Souths put up a, a really good fight against the star-studded Lions team, um, but the Lions still got the job done one 0 Um, you know, with a kind of messy goal at at the end of the day, but um, some. For I think South, so has some really good um, connections there happening between uh, Ki Katano, uh, who played for Brisbane uh, last season, and also um, Isabella Habuda, who's um, come back to NPLW Queensland after being with the Wanderers uh, this last season. So I think, um, you know, South sh- should be going okay this season. Sunshine Coast Wanderers uh, beat Brisbane Olympic uh, 1-0. And then the last two games, it was all about stoppage, game, um, stoppage time goals. Um, Kapalabar went ahead early um, thanks to a penalty that Billy Murphy put away um, in this early in the second half, but then Gold Coast in stoppage time um, off the corner, uh, I think it was uh, Ellie Fryer. Uh, got it in pretty much um, close to the last kick of the game. But then not to be outdone, the Queensland Academy of Sport did a Matildas. They went down 1-0 to Moreton Bay United, uh, but then two goals in stoppage time uh, to bring home the win. So I I love it. I love seeing the QAS go well. And that actually has them tied top of the ladder after two rounds with the Queensland Lions. So well done, the QAS.
0: Terrific. Well, in Victoria, we're up to round four of 21. I've got a link in the show notes that we'll publish pretty soon to the full season guide, which I think is a, a pretty handy little thing that people can have. And it does have the details of the women's coaches, but also the, the teams, the history of the teams and many, many, many other bits and pieces. But if you're wondering who the three coaches are, Cat Smith for Alamein, Caitlin Friend, who's um, been in and around the football space for quite a while at Pauline Lions and then Helen Winterburn at FV Emerging. So great to see that we've got not just a, a few women coaches, but top women's coaches. I think that's really terrific to see. In terms of results, I won't go through it in detail other than to say that Calder United went down to Heidelberg United and that's kind of interesting. Calder have been one of the top teams for a number of seasons. And I'm not saying that Heidelberg weren't, but they weren't. Um, Calder United has Harriet Withers in terms of um, key players that you might think about from the the dub. Harriet Withers is there. Heidelberg United has Grace Jarley and Melissa Maisel. So a couple of players you may have heard of. Another match between uh, South Melbourne and FV Emerging was postponed but that's really interesting because South Melbourne at the moment are eighth on the table we didn't have a season last season I think in the season before we only got up to round 17 or something and we didn't crown a a champion or or any such thing but South Melbourne were on top so it's really interesting to see them a complete flip side at the bottom but Tian McKenna and Claudia Mihojic is playing for South Melbourne for FV emerging Sarah Kane, Caitlin Karich, Ballas, Sewards and Miranda Templeman are all there. For Alamein, they had a one-all draw against Box Hill United. Alamein has Amy Jackson, Amy Jackson, Nia Stamatopoulos, and Box Hill United have... Tegan Allen, Mindy Barbieri, and Sophia Sakalis. I'm not saying all the players. And then finally, Bayside United went down 0-7 against the Bulleen Lions, who are rated top of the table at the moment for Bulleen. They have Tiff Eliades, Gabriella Garton, who was the goalkeeper in the previous season that Melbourne Victory won, um, before she took a season off and had a baby, I believe, Alana Janczewski, Leah Privatelli, Rebecca Stott, Tyler J. Vlanich, and Paige Zoyce. So they're pretty stacked in terms of their players, and one would expect them to go quite well. Let's finish up the podcast now and run through our Queens of the Week. Um, Ifrah, I'll give you a little moment so you get a gist of what we're doing, and you can throw in as many Queens, Kings, or non binary people as you wish if you're happy to, or you can just take a pass and say I'm not keen Eric has already thrown his in there so Claudia Cholakian, I'm sorry Claudia if I've not pronounced that very well from NPL New South Wales side Sydney Olympic because one she scored an 89th minute winner against on Sunday against Blacktown City but two she received her second cap for Armenia in the most recent international window which means that we will be covering her non-stop now I'm sure uh, Dale, did you want to jump in with your royalty of the week?
2: Of course. The one and only Wendy Renard. Lyon and France centre-half, and one of my favourite female footballers in the entire world, uh, became the first uh, woman to make 100 appearances in the Women's Champions League and UEFA Women's Cup, uh, scored a pretty cool penalty to equalise for Lyon against PSG on the weekend. And, yeah, from all reports, a uh, pretty wonderful human being. So my queen of the week.
1: Very nice. Madge, did you want to throw one in? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to keep keep with the um, the Champions League theme and go with Carolyn Graham Hanson for her filthy goal against Wolfsburg. It was just that little cutback. On, on the full run, it was
2: beautiful. That, that defender is still sliding down the streets of Barcelona.
1: <laughs> That's wonderful. Go look it up.
0: Very harsh. Do I, but do we like her because didn't she score against the Matildas way back in 2019 and, and made my right, life sad? I don't
2: recall
3: that game ever occurring.
1: Just enjoy yeah. the pain <laughs> when it's that good. <laughs> uh, Stefan, what about yourself?
3: I've got two queens this week. Uh, one I mentioned before, Michaela Thornton, who's uh, Canberra football royalty, really, in, in the women's football scene here. Uh, she scored her first international goal in 16 years. So the last time was on grass, and this time she uh, scored uh, in the pro futsal tournament against Indonesia. So, uh, so and was tickled pink. I've got to say. So, uh, there's also. I've seen
4: some- that goal actually. Yeah. Was it yeah. the one? I don't
3: know how she managed that, but. Yeah. It's that- Left foot right down on the byline. It was quite amazing, yeah. wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It cool. So check it out. It's on, it's on Michaela's Instagram account if uh, anyone's following her. And uh, my second queen of the week is Sammy Wood, who's an ex-junior and young Matilda, played for the Newcastle Jets and also Canberra United around 2012, I think, but is known more recently as a Super W Brumbies player and also a rugby league player. She quietly signed for Tugunong United in the uh, NPL competition here in the last week during the Super W off season so her game, the first game was against Canberra Croatia last Friday and that marks a return to football at age 30 after 6 years so uh, well done Sammy and uh, that's that's terrific that you've uh, gotten back to the game, That yeah, it's one of your first loves by the sound of it so well deserved 30
0: sounds so young to me Aoife's probably thinking 30 sounds so old but
4: <laughs>
2: It's all downhill from that
4: <laughs> no, no. If a- I turned 21 recently. I was like, no, nah, I need to stop. I
0: need to stop growing. <laughs> Happy birthday. 21 is the, you know, just don't bother counting yeah, after up. that. It, it works quite rolling well for now us. I mean, 25 would be
4: downhill after
0: that. So. <laughs> no, no, you'll have plenty of good years. And then, yeah. I
4: hope
0: so. Aoife, <laughs> um, have you been following the gist of what we're doing? And do you have your own Queen of the Week, someone that you'd like to give a shout out to for something superb that they did in football or something good or shout out to your mum as you wish
4: um uh yeah I'll give a shout out I as we were talking about Sam Kerr and one of my pals over here the other Sam Kerr um scored was the first women to score at Ibrox Stadium so although she's a rival and um, I think that's a pretty cool achievement so yeah I like that that sounds yeah, really too. good all right. Well, I um,
0: don't have a queen of the week this week. I haven't done my homework. I don't know what's been going on, but I will give a shout out to a rumor and we don't normally talk rumors because we like our, our information to be well substantiated, but rumors about Caitlin Ford and potentially heading to Juventus. So I don't know. It could be a 2% chance. Who knows? But how interesting would that be with Joe that Montemiro a, at the a helm? That
2: is piece of gossip, Chaz. That is it was, a, hot it was on the Twitter, it. so
0: it must be almost real. Elon owns the Twitter now and it's all real stuff. Uh. <laughs> Oh, all right well, we'll wait and see um, if and when that happens who knows but uh thank you so much Aoife for being on the podcast with us. I've thoroughly enjoyed it hopefully you did as well but you know <laughs> come back if you have enjoyed it we wish you all the very best for your surgery in a couple of days and plenty of good wishes from us for your recovery I hope um you get plenty of love and support from your team and your family around you
4: Yeah. Uh, No, thank you. Thank you guys. All of you. It's been, it's been very nice. Good, good chat.
0: Thank you. And thank you to all of my co-hosts as well. Stefan, always great to get your Nordic updates. Uh, Madge and Dale, you've kept me going straight. I appreciate it. Eric, we love you as much as we've given you so much stick tonight. We absolutely love you. And we look forward to you coming back because then we can give stick to your face directly, which is just as much fun. Um, on behalf of myself and the entire team at Beyond 90, thank you all so much for watching or for listening to us and we look forward to chatting to you again next week with episode 94. All right, thank you everyone. Bye-bye.